Welcome to the Intelligent Investing Podcast, where modern portfolio theory can suck it. A student of the school of Graham and Doddsville and a clergy member of the Church of Warren Buffett, here's your host, Eric Schlein. Hi, this is Eric Schlein. You're listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast, and we have David Flood on, and he is a private investor uh, in the UK and runs the blog Elementary Value. Uh, welcome back to the show, David. Thanks for having me on again, Eric. And what do you want to talk about today? So today, I think we can talk about a company called Micron Solutions, Inc., which is ticker symbol M-I-C-R. Which is different than Micron. Yes. Yeah, this Just is a, a different bit. company. Yeah. Yeah. A little, uh, little smaller, uh, probably, right? Yes, this is no, a bit smaller, you. this one. It's got um, the market cap's 3.5 million at the minute. Um, so this is a company that I found, I like to look for companies that are either planning to delist or have delisted because there, there's always an opportunity there because you're going to encounter forced selling with a company uh-huh. where people basically just indiscriminately sell off the stock because they don't want to hold anything that's going to you know, move onto the uh, the pink sheets or onto the over-the-counter markets. So this one interested me because of that reason. So I've dug a bit more into the company. It was founded in 1978. They're a medical device company. They make um, kind of like precision machine instruments. Um, they do like thermoplastic injection molding, and they make sensors and all these kind of things. Um, they've been around for decades, and things have not been going well for the company recently um it's uh they've had to voluntarily delist basically because they just they've been hemorrhaging money um like the last i think the last year they lost 2.1 million um on revenue of 17 million they've got total liabilities of 6.5 million versus a book value of 2.2 million mm-hmm. um they've only got five hundred thousand dollars of cash um the common outstanding is about 2.9 million shares um but again it's a company that interests me because for a few reasons one the long range price chart like for this one it was to get the longest price chart i had to go to big charts i don't know if you've ever used that website it's a great website um and that will take you all the way back to like 1990 um because i think i don't know if the otc markets when it might not take you that far back i found with these companies you have to kind of check on a a few different websites to to get the longest range price charts because sometimes other websites don't have them. Interesting. Because so, I want to see I want to see as far back as possible with these companies. So uh, what do I'll, you what do you like about this business if it's hemorrhaging cash? So the the thing I like about this business is insiders own about a quarter of the shares, um, and then. The share price, they basically announced recently, they just um, announced the delisting, they filed a Form 15, um, and they've moved on to the over-the-counter markets. And then um, a large owner, he's, I don't think he's an insider, but he owns over uh, 10% of the shares. He's been buying more since it dropped because the share price just basically just got cut in half. Right. Um, that was and where, where did you Where do you see him buying? What, what, do, you, what do you use for that? Um, so... It, think i just checked the i think it was just um on the over-the-counter markets under the disclosure tab i think i was just reading through the filings on there and it's in i think it's in one of the filings there if i remember correctly that i found okay it. yep yep there's a buy on yeah uh, 
Mr. Mr. Heinemann. Stephen he- Heinemann looks like. Yeah. Yeah. He bought 29,000 shares at $1.30. So that's always interesting when someone that's got a bit of skin in the game, they own quite a few shares and they're buying more. Then right. They must think that the thing's in- undervalued, even though it doesn't look like it based upon the numbers. Um, again, it's a company that's been around for decades. So I kind of think, well, hmm, it's a medical device company. Maybe something catches on. Maybe they, they develop a new product product, or um, they get a big contract with someone. I don't know. You, ne- you never know with these companies. But what I do know is everyone's left the company for dead. And then if you pull up the long-range price charts, which, uh, as I say, you don't have that on the over-the-counter markets website because it, that's only showing it since it's delisted, I think. But on the big charts, uh, you can see it, and it goes right back to the 90s. And it's basically it's just sat right. It's actually, I think it's at an all-time low, actually, if you look at it. It's yeah, never been this right low. It's, it, it was back down at support, and then it delisted, and it got cut in half. Right. So it's it's literally an all time low. So either so you're thinking there, you know, this insider may know something. Now it's being yeah. listed. There's this instant, you know, cut in half. The company survives. He you know he knows more than me about this company, and he's right. buying. Um, and also, when the when the stock is uh, is this hated by the market, it's absolutely despised by the market. Either it goes bankrupt or something improves in the future. Now, did you get um, did you get lucky in the timing here, where you yeah. came across it and then you see it happens to be delisting, and then you happen to see the buy, like it wasn't yeah. on your watch list, and then you notice something? No, I found this one relatively recently, and literally in the last week or two. Now, how do you um, keep track? How do you keep track of this? Like, let's say it was on your watch list, right? And mm-hmm. then this thing happened. How would you have even known about it? So once I've bought shares in a company if i'm already kind of an owner then i'll be checking the filings regularly so i'll i'll see every time they put out a new filing um what do you what do you, what do you use to to keep track of that because are you just I, manually going to the filings every day or yeah i just manually go to them i mean you can set up alerts where you get notified um i probably should do that because it's more kind of efficient and time-wise, what, do you, what do you set the alerts through google or what do you what do you do for that i think you can do it through um oh, is it fintel i think there's a website called fintel and okay. maybe another one whale wisdom there's a bunch of sites where they'll they can ping you updates on things um, Got it. and getting you get notified but i'm kind of old school i just kind of kind of look I'll, if the companies that i own i like to just kind of keep abreast with what's going on anyway and then often if i've written the company up people will just kind of get in touch with me and let me know that something's happening if i missed it that makes sense. Um, but generally with the stocks i'm watching them all day every day because I'm trying to see if there's ever a stock spike that's going to be short-lived that I can I can sell into that. I missed one the other day with a company, uh, KOSS, that, that ran up about 260% from my buy price, but it dropped back down within an hour or two, and I kind of missed it. I only found it when it was back down at 80% up, so I didn't bother selling it. Is um, there a way to set an alert for yourself if there's a spike in volume or a spike in price of a certain amount? Yeah, you should be able to do that with your um, with your brokerage where you can get notified. Again, I hadn't bothered doing that because normally I just I'm kind of checking all the time. But it was just one of those days where I kind of uh, I was eating my dinner. I kind of took a, a couple of hours off and I missed it. Right, um, interesting. As luck, as luck would have it. Um, so yeah, with these this kind of company, I just sort of think things. If things get worse, the company goes bankrupt and I lose my principal. But if things improve, this could go up sev- several hundred percent. 
Right. That's my line of thinking with these companies. Make, and then I, I mitigate the risk just by buying a basket of them. So, yeah, sure, it could go under, but then equally something could happen with the company. Right. There's a reason why this guy's buying more shares. Right. He he wouldn't be buying these shares if he thought the company was going bankrupt anytime soon. So that kind of gives me a bit more confidence. And then again, with this company, you kind of you look and just no one's talking about it. No one's interested in it. There's this just massive selling that the stock was kind of drifting down, but it was in this kind of three fifty to three dollar range, and then it's just got cut in half. It's down to like one dollar fifty now. I mean, it dropped below a dollar at one point, but I missed that. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to buy at that price. That's fine. Interesting. All right. Well, David, it was a pleasure to have you on. Unless there's anything else you want to talk more about this business, seems pretty straightforward. I think that's it until something something materializes in the future that makes right. the share price start moving up. Cool. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. You got it. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast with Eric Schlein. If you'd like to connect with Eric for questions, comments, feedback, ideas, or to inquire about being on the show, please contact Eric at intelligentinvesting at gmail.com. So, in the words of Charlie Munger, I have nothing to add.